Hi, welcome to the Miami Church Podcast. My name is Crystal Guayco, and I will be your host for today. If you want more information about Miami Church or would love to get connected, email us at hello at mammychurch.com. Without further ado, here's the message. Enjoy! Well, here we are. It is a historic time. This has been a historic week. And as I stand here this moment, I'm recording this on Friday morning, November the 6th. And as I record it right now, uh, there is no declared winner in the presidential election. Now, the question that I think we are wrestling with and we need to wrestle with is that whatever happens in the coming days, whatever happens in the coming weeks, what is our response? What is our response as the church? What is our response as followers of Jesus? Now, I realize uh, with the large number of people that are listening or watching that we have people on all different spectrums, all different places on their faith journey. And for those of you who are exploring the idea of Jesus, you're curious, uh, you're asking questions, man, I applaud you. In fact, we started our church a few years ago for the whole idea of helping people find and follow Jesus. But for, for you, if you're in that, that place where you're exploring faith, trying to understand Jesus, I think what we're going to see from the life of Jesus today is compelling, and it's so compelling that it should cause you to take Serious consideration about giving your life to Jesus, about becoming a follower of Jesus. Now, if you are a follower of Jesus, I think as we we look at the life of Jesus, as we look at the model of Jesus, I think it's compelling, it's inspiring. Uh, it, It shows the genius of Jesus. See, Jesus will make your life better and he will make you better at life. And this is a hard time to be alive. And so I want us to to look at this and explore this together because we're in a a divisive season. We're we're in a season that's polarizing. It's uh, unfortunately there's so much hate and and rhetoric out there. And I just I mean even as I drive my kids to school in the morning, there's this certain block on my way to the kids' school, and I, and it's it's funny. In fact, my kids laugh about it, even though they're young. Like it's it's every house has a, a Biden Harris sign. Biden, 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 Biden. And the last house on the block before you make the turn to right where our kids' school are, there's a Trump sign. You just see division everywhere. So what is it that we as the church are supposed to do? And the thing that I see a lot, and it's something that Jesus spoke to a lot, the thing that I see a lot is fear. It's fear. And nothing divides like fear. See, candidates, platforms, what are they? they're trying to stir fear, right? They're trying to make you afraid. They're, they're trying to, to make you feel like you're going to lose something, or you're losing control, or you're losing opportunity, or you're not safe. You're losing your status or your rights or your freedom. And, and what might happen or what has happened and what might happen next? See, politics is about peddling 
fear. What is it that you fear? As you pause for a minute, what, what is it that you fear? What do you, where do you see fear in your life right now? And maybe a follow-up to that is, what is fear doing to you or doing inside of you? At, at my kids' school, I have three kids in an elementary school here uh, in Miami-Dade, and they have these WhatsApps for the classes um, and it's kind of, kind of practical. I don't know if every school does this, but it's kind of how their school does it. And, and it's been interesting to watch these families, these parents, these moms, these dads react on these WhatsApps and the comments that they make. And underneath it all, underneath these comments and, and these emotions and sometimes these irrational thoughts, right, is what? It's, it's fear. And fear causes us to lash out. And, and personally, I, I, I hate it. I, I hate what um, this election season has done to our country. I hate the division. I hate the hostility. I hate the rhetoric. And I hate what it's doing to our community. But most of all, I hate what it does to people. And my real concern as pastor here at Miami Church, my real concern is the church. Yes, our church, Miami church, but, but big C church, the church, the, the church. But here's the good news. The good news, and again, this shows the genius of Jesus. The good news is Jesus saw this coming. He's not surprised. And Jesus saw this, not, not the election, but Jesus saw division. And in fact, if you study the life of Jesus, you'll see that he made this very topic a matter of prayer. In fact, after he had his final meal with his disciples and he was, he was getting ready to go to the Garden of Gethsemane, he was going to be arrested, beaten, and put on a cross. Okay? He's getting ready to face death. And, and yet, as he's praying, his, his most concern was about this very thing. It was about unity. It was about unity among his followers, unity among the church. And so Jesus prays this prayer, and you, can, you can, uh, can read the entire prayer. In fact, if you have a Bible or a device, I would encourage you, you can open to the Gospel of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And John was a, a follower of Jesus, a close friend of Jesus in his inner circle. And John wrote a firsthand account of his time with Jesus, and it's recorded in what we call John or the Gospel of John. And in John 17... The entire chapter is a prayer, and I, and I want to show you this part of the prayer, kind of toward the end of his prayer, and it's in John 17, beginning in verse 20. Look what Jesus said. This is Jesus praying, and look what he says. He says, I pray for these followers. So again, the, the disciples, the 12 disciples, or really there's 125 men and women who are kind of followers of Jesus. He says, I pray for, for these followers, but look what he says. But I also pray for the, all of those who will believe in me because of their teaching. He, he's praying for future followers of Jesus. He's praying for you. He's praying for me. 2,000 years later, right? he's, he's like, I'm praying for them. Look, and then look what he says. Father, Heavenly Father, I pray that they can be what? One. As you and me and I am in you, I pray that they also can be one in us. Then the world will believe that you sent me. I mean, look what he's, remember, he, he's getting ready to be arrested and beaten and put on a cross, and he knows this. 
But what is he praying? He says, Father, I pray that they can be one. As you and I are one, I pray that they can be one. Look at I'm a same same prayer, but look at it in the in the NIV. What he says, John records this. He says, My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. So future followers of Jesus, that's us. Look at what he says. He says, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. All of them. See, in the first century, when Jesus is praying this prayer, the the all of them is, is Jew and Gentile, Samaritan, it's rich and poor, it's slave and free man, it's men and women, it's tax collectors and those that they collected taxes from, it's the educated, the uneducated, the privileged and the underprivileged. The all of them today, Jesus says all of them, maybe they be one, it's Democrats and Republicans, it's black, it's white, it's brown, it's rich, it's poor. It's Spanish speakers, it's French speakers, it's English speakers. It's marrieds, it's singles, it's divorced. It's young and old, it's everyone. It's everyone always. And what is it that Jesus is praying for? Do you study what he's saying? What is he so passionate about? It's unity. Unity, not uniformity, but unity. And his prayer in his heart and his desire is not that everyone will be the same. I don't want you to look the same or dress the same or act the same or eat the same or listen to the same music or watch the same shows. No, no, no. It's not about being the same. It's about unity. Unity, not uniformity, not being the same or doing everything the same, but being unified, being one. And Jesus is saying to his disciples who are listening to the prayer, and John's recording this, he's saying this, he says, look, I'm about to leave. And, and you don't get it yet, okay? They didn't understand what was about to happen. But, but hey, they're getting ready to kill me. They're going to put me on a cross. And on that cross, I'm going to take all your junk and all your sin and all your shame and all your guilt among me. And I'm going to make a way for you to be in a right relationship with God. Okay? That's about to happen. But here's the one thing, guys. Here's the one thing I don't want you to miss. I don't want you to forget this. This is the big deal. And I'm, I'm going to give you a new commandment, and it's going to replace all the old things. I'm going to give you command. And this is it. This is it. This is all about being one. This is all about unity. This is what you need to do. And so here's Jesus. Now, again, you've got to understand the context. He's talking to these followers, these early followers, these 125 men and women, these disciples, right? And they're, and they're coming from this context where there's over 600 Jewish laws. And so their thinking, their perspective is, hey, if you want to be right with God or if you want God to love you, then you keep all of these rules and you follow all of these laws, and that's how God loves you. And Jesus is saying, hey, listen, You don't need all that. You don't need 600 and something rules. You don't need all these laws. You don't need all that. Let me just simplify it. Let me just boil it down for you. Let me just put it in the simplest term. In fact, he he did it in Matthew 22. And Matthew, again, a tax collector turned follower of Jesus, recorded this. He says that one of them, that's one of the religious leaders, 
who was an authority on the law, he, he wanted to test Jesus with a question. So he said, uh, verse 36, Teacher, what is the most important commandment in the law? Again, he's referring to these 600 plus laws and rules. Look what Jesus said. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. Love him with all your mind. This is the first and most important command. And the second is like it. The second is equal to it. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Everything that is written in the law and the prophets is based on these two Commandments. Now, don't miss what he's doing here, okay? Okay? 600 and something laws, and Jesus is reducing them to two. And he's saying, hey, all of that, all the prophets, all the laws, everything comes down, hangs on these two commandments, these two things. Love God, love your neighbor. Love God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. See, 600 and something reduced to two. It's simple, but I would say very demanding. Jesus says, John 13, he says, a new commandment I give you. Again, You've had all, you know all the laws, you learned those when you were a kid, you, you've heard all of these, but no, 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 no. Here's the new thing I command you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must also love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples, you're my follower if you, what? Love one another. It's a new commandment I give you. Love one another. I've loved you, so you love one another. Unity. One. Oneness. Not, not the same, not uniformity. Unity. Unity in what? Unity how? Love. And in this moment, Jesus is trying to teach them, and what he's, he's teaching us is, hey, listen, don't worry about all the laws. Don't worry about all the rules. It, it really comes down to this one thing. This is really all we need. This solves everything. And it's less complicated than 600 rules, but it's far more demanding. Love one another. We must not allow anything we must not let any political system, we not let any belief system, we must not let any hatred, we must not let any barrier divide us. We must be unified and we must be unified in love. And so the question we must ask, and this is where it gets really, really serious, and again, if you are, are exploring the idea of Jesus, uh, th this, I believe, is, is worth your consideration. You should seriously consider what Jesus is saying here. If you are a follower of Jesus, if you have given your life to Jesus, you're following Jesus, then this really is the question on how you should live your life. This is the question on how you should respond to the election. This is the question on how you should respond to people who are not like you. Here it is. What does love require of me? What does love require of me? 
What does love require of us? See, my hope is not in a president. My hope is not in a political system. My hope is not in a country. See, my hope is in Jesus. And in the short history of the United States, our political parties, which, by the way, have changed, the leaders have gotten it wrong, and they failed us morally, and they failed us in terms of leadership, and they'll continue to fill us. They're, they're humans, and we're humans, and they're flawed, and it's a flawed system. But what do we do? What do those of us who are, are followers of Jesus, those who consider ourselves followers of the way Christians, what do we do? And Jesus lays it out really clear. He says, one another, one another. One another, one another. You know what would be a fun exercise for you sometimes is, is to go through the New Testament, right, the second part of the Bible. It starts with the Gospels and then goes into the story. Of the first. Go through and look at all the times that the phrase one another is used. One another, right? We just saw love one another. Right? Here's just some of, some of the one another. like forgive one another, accept one another. Care for one another. Encourage one another. Submit to one another. Restore one another. Carry one another. Bear with one another. What, are, what, what should we do? What does love require of us? One another, one another. In fact, if you really want to put this down, is find someone who's not like you and one another them. <laughs> find somebody that's not like you and love them. Forgive them, restore them, care for them, encourage them. When you're not sure what to say or do, just love like God through Jesus loved you. When you're not sure what to say or do, this is a good default. Just love like God through Jesus loved you. See, this is why I believe if you are not a follower of Jesus and you're just exploring Right? And we're living in this world and this culture with so much uncertainty, instability, and there's hate and injustice and all of these things. This is why I think you should give Jesus serious consideration because Jesus was the one. Jesus was the first one to, to stand up with those who were, who were being ostracized. Jesus was the one to, to stand up for the under-resourced, for, for women and for kids and for those of different color skin and from different socioeconomic. Like Jesus was the one who was the first to step across into bridge and to tear down barriers, things that divide. Jesus was all about bringing people together. So he's like, I don't care about all your rules. What I care about is your love. Love one another. Love God, love people. See, Jesus defined being a follower of Jesus, right? Like, well, what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? What does it, does it mean? See, we're all about at Miami Church helping people find and follow Jesus. See, we're all about helping people who, who don't know Jesus find a relationship with him. Like, understand how much he loves you, how much he gave his life or how he died for you to, to give your life to him, to give him the steering wheel of your life, to let him control you, to follow him, be baptized. But once you're a follower of Jesus, then it says, like, we want to help you find and follow Jesus. Well, what does that mean? What does it mean to follow Jesus? What does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus? A disciple, the word literally just means a, a follower or a learner. What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? Paul laid it out for us actually in 
his letter to the church at Thessalonica in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. Look what he says. Brothers and sisters, again, he's talking to the church. He's talking to followers of Jesus. We should always thank God for you. That is only right. Why? Okay, your followers, what, what are you doing? He says, because your faith is growing more and more. We also thank God that the love you had for all, the, we, all, we also thank God that the love you all have for, here it is again, one another is increasing. You know what it means to be a follower of Jesus? Right here. Your faith is growing. Your faith is growing. Your, your confidence in God is growing. You're learning to trust God more and more. And this shows up in, in the way you serve. It shows up in the way that you give. It shows up in, in the way that you treat people, right? Your, your faith is growing. Your confidence in God is growing. And what does he say here? He says, your love is increasing. Your love is increasing. You're one anothering, one anothering more and more. People that aren't like you, people don't vote like you, people that don't look like you, people don't like your music, people that don't eat like you, maybe they don't even speak the same language as you, people not like you, you're, you're, you're loving more and more. You want to you know what it means to be a follower of Jesus? Your, your faith is growing and your love is increased. See, we're all about helping people find and if, you, and if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, we would, we would love, we would love to help you. We would love any way we can to help you understand what it means to, to find, to know, and to follow Jesus. We would do anything we can to help you. We want, we want to help you know how much God loves you. And then, and then those of you who are followers of Jesus, man, what are we trying to do? Why Miami Church? Why this community? Why do we do the things that we do? Why do we make videos? And why do we sing worship songs? And why do we, we gather in this room? And, and why do we meet across the city and have different things? Why? Because we want your faith to grow and your love to increase. We want, we want your faith to grow. We want you to have more and more confidence in God. And we want your, your love to increase. Now, friends, I, I don't... Again, I'm recording this on Friday. I don't even know what will be the news on Sunday as you're listening to this, or maybe you're even listening to this later in the week. I don't know. Will a president be declared a winner? I don't know, but here's what I know. Presidents come and go. Political parties come and go. But one thing remains the same. I mean, can you remember, can you fathom this, that at the time that Jesus is saying this, at the time the, the early church they are living in the Roman Empire. And at the time, the thought of the Roman, it's the biggest, greatest thing in history. It is so large. The, the thought that, that the Roman Empire would not exist was not even on there. I mean, they were dominated by Roman, Roman culture. But guess what? Rome is, the Roman Empire is gone. You can go visit the ruins, right? It's, it's pretty. You should do that, right? I've done that. You can go see the ruins. You can go see the, the, the old buildings. But guess what's The church is still alive and strong. The gospel, the good news of Jesus is still alive and strong. See, presidents will come and go. Political parties will come and go. Political platforms will come and go. Countries will come and go. But guess what? The church, the good news, the gospel of Jesus will not go. In fact, Jesus said that, that nothing can stand against the, the church. And so, friends, 
if you're not a follower of Jesus, man, I, I would encourage you, send us a message right now, hello at MiamiChurch.com. We would love to have a conversation. One of our volunteers, just a, an ordinary man, ordinary woman who is on this journey with you, they would love just to have a conversation with you about what it means to give your life to Jesus and be baptized. And we would love to do that. Send us a message, any way we could help you. And those of you who are, are followers of Jesus, it just really comes down to the simple idea. It's the whole reason of our church. It's why we're trying to help people find and follow Jesus. It comes down to like, like your faith is growing and your love is increasing. Your confidence in God is growing and your love is increasing. And that's why we encourage you to serve. How does your faith grow, right? You, you, you put yourself out there. You use your talents and gifts. You may be stretched beyond what you think you can do, right? Your faith grows. That's why we encourage you to give, right? Because, you see, God doesn't want your money. He wants you. But, but part of the reason of this and one of the ways that you can grow is you can grow by, by giving away more, right? And so what percentage of your income do you give away? And, and the more that you give away, the more it's showing your trust, your faith is growing, right? That's why. That's why generosity is such a big deal. And, and your love is increasing. It's easy to love people like, like me, or, well, well, that didn't sound right, but it's easy to love people like yourself, right? It's easy for me to love people like me, but, but love someone that's not like you, that doesn't vote like you or look like you. Who, who can you love today? Who can you reach out to? Who can you want another today or this week? Thanks so much for listening today. We would love to hear from you. You can always reach out to us on our social media channels or send us an email at hello at miamichurch.com. Also, be sure to subscribe because you don't want to miss out on any future conversations. I hope our time together inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey.